How you doing, Dan? I'm really bored. How are you? Um, yeah, pretty bored too, man. I mean, I don't have coronavirus, which is definitely a bonus. Um, do you? That's a bonus, yeah. yeah. I don't think I do, no. I've got the sniffles, um, so self-isolation's a real possibility, but I don't think I've got coronavirus. I think what what's lovely about this podcast is that we actually don't have to be near to it actually it's actually quite harsh to say that's a good thing about the podcast because i would obviously like to be next to you but in this time and with everything going on in society at the moment um it's quite convenient that we can still conduct the podcast because we can actually self-quarantine and still put out the podcast which is convenient i actually class that as multitasking yeah, multitasking. I guess it is when you think about it. Yourself quarantining and recording. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in a in a world in a world full of bad news, give yourself a little bit of a you know a slap. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've felt really strange this weekend because I spend the majority of my weekend watching football. I literally time most of my weekend around when games are on. Um, And even this weekend, I woke up on Saturday morning, looked at my phone, to went on the Premier League app, went to sort out my fantasy football team and then realised there's no point. It's a weird podcast this week. Because we're going to talk about football in the sense of the fact that there's no football. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to you when coronavirus sort of first came about. We was in London together. Yeah. And um, I never thought it was going to get to this. No, nor did I. Don't get me wrong. I'm still I'm, I'm still not overly worried about it. Maybe there's a bit of naivety to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a phone call earlier, didn't we, about how we felt and and whatnot mm-hmm. and it's the f- it's the flu that that's my general perception of it i might be completely wrong but my my perception is that it's the flu mm-hmm. um that because it's a different strand there's no real way to beat it at the moment well i mean i think it's, it's safe to say that if you're kind of young um, and in good health, then you should be absolutely fine. Um, but I guess it, it it's a worry for the people who aren't in good health and are, you know, a little bit more older than, say, 70 plus. I think all the cases in the UK at least have been, people who've passed away have been 70 plus. Um, so again, it's probably naive of me to say, but I just kind of think it's something that everyone might get but the majority of people yeah. will be okay with. And uh, yeah. if I'm completely honest with you, Dan, I just want to get it now and get it over and done with. If someone sneezes yeah. around me, I'm going to go and breathe in their sneeze dust. Snot. Sneeze, sneeze dust? Well, That's I thought, decent. I was going to say snot, but it's not really liquid, is it? So it's sort of like just... No. I'd say, I'd say vapour. 
that's a good sneeze word. Vapor. Sneeze vapor. Mercurial yeah. vapor. Yeah, good boots. Oh, oh, sneeze vapor. That's, <laughs> that's going as a ha- that's going as a hashtag. Um, like because they're all they're telling everyone now that oh, people over seventy to to just self isolate, whether you got it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the biggest risk zone. Mm. Uh, it's crazy. It is crazy, really. Yeah. Um, neither of us, us are doctors. Um, so, I mean, I don't really have much more to say on the sign of illness itself. I kind of just want to talk about where this leaves sport. Yeah. And not even just football. Yeah. Not even just football. Like, this might be you know, a generic sports thing now. Yeah. I'm seriously worried about the, the Olympic games. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge fan of the Olympic games. I get really excited and spend a lot of time in during the summer watching them. And I fear that might get canceled this year. Uh, That's later this year in Japan. Yeah. I I can't see it going ahead. I can't. Mm. I, I think it will be the same as the Euros where it's, delayed for a year mm-hmm. that's that's my feeling on it you mm. you just don't know let's talk about football and you know the, the football that has been played since we last spoke and also the football that we missed out on this weekend so as things stand um, games in the Premier League at least have been postponed until the weekend of the 3rd and 4th of April for now that could obviously extend and you know beyond that the Premier League could completely get postponed um, and either played... I mean, there's a series of, of options here. Like, either the Premier League could be postponed and played kind of later in the summer. It could get called off completely. No one gets promoted. No one gets relegated. Um, personally, I thought what would be quite a fun way to kind of finish the league would be to... And I was going to do this myself. I didn't find the time today. But I was going to extrapolate... Um, I was going to look at all the remaining fixtures that each Premier League team has and take the score from the time they played at the other ground and use that to suggest that's what the score would be in the forthcoming game. Simulate all the games until the end of the season and see who finishes where. I thought that'd be quite fun. And I haven't had the chance to do it, but if anyone's listening and wants to do it, um, that'd be really, that'd be really fun. Extrapolate's a good word, by yeah, the way. I do like extrapolate. You've you pulled that out of the top draw. Yeah. Um, oh, there's so many different. There's so many different variants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the whole null and void. Yeah. Um, which obviously I'm not a fan of. Because <laughs> I mean, that would mean that Liverpool, I guess, don't win the league. I mean, we were talking about earlier. Unless the league finishes, is it finishes in its entirety? I almost feel like it's tainted anyway. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to be over the moon that we've won the league. Yeah. But it's it's tainted in the sense that every rival fan is going to be like, oh, you know, well, you know, you got it handed to you. Although we're 25 points ahead, that will become irrelevant. You know, the, the delayed play, there's a potential for delayed play. Um, You know, starting in June and finishing August or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's one really interesting thing about that scenario. Yeah, what happens to the players that go out of contract? Because they've got a contract halfway through the season finishing. 
That's really interesting. I haven't, I, I didn't think about that. Would they just get given like a two month extension or could they leave and then instantly go and join another team so that they could be playing one week and then like Lalana could be playing for Liverpool and then when his contract expires could go to Tottenham or something like that. Is Lalana a player out of contract in the summer? Just out of interest. Yeah, yeah, Lalana is a player out of contract in the summer. That's really interesting. I never really thought of that. I'm guessing if this is the decision, because obviously the Premier League works kind of coincides with other leagues around Europe. Um, and obviously, you know, clubs buy from other clubs around Europe. So I guess if every European league kind of agrees to stop at the same time, then maybe everyone's contracts can get shifted accordingly. And if you, I say, have a contract and that runs until the end of the season, then kind of automatically the end of the season extends beyond June to August or whatever it may be. Um, but that is in the case that all all kind of European leagues, maybe even world clubs, uh, well, more so European because we all have the similar summer. Um, yeah, all European leagues will have to kind of agree to work in unison and postpone in unison. I don't know how likely that is. Yeah, it's just very. It's just an. It, it just throws up so many interesting points mm. about what's going to happen and how everything might proceed. You know that, like the null and void scenario. What happens with the relegation teams? There's, I think Villa, Villa are level on points of people outside the relegation zone with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. If they get relegated, if they get relegated now, that's harsh. Very yeah. Um, you've got you've got the whole. There'll be a twenty-two league. There'll be a 22 team league next season with Leeds and West Brom coming up. Because let's not forget this affects every league. What happens for the financial, you know, financial side for all these teams, especially the smaller teams? Yeah. You know, the teams that rely on, you know, the the attendance of fans and you know, because they're they're still gonna have to pay players' wages. They're gonna have continuous outgoings without any without any real income in. And there are teams uh, in this country that literally live kind of mouth to mouth they survive on game to game like depending on ticket sales and stuff and they, those teams are really going to suffer um, it'll be interesting to see those teams who do suffer as a result of this who's going to bail them out if it be fans of a team's government the FA um, it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of turns out I think I think the fact that the Premier League is a multi-billion uh, pound industry. I think that that would be. I don't. I think if if no one stepped up to save these teams, I think the Premier League should. Yeah, because really, it's not going to take much out of their revenue. Mm. Um, they're doing a good deed, and the Premier League get you know uh, battered for. You know, being being the big time in the, the gulf between them and the football league, and which you would you know, which is which is completely understandable. Maybe it's time for them to give back if something like that happened, because it's such extenuating circumstances that there's nothing that these teams are able to do because they literally hands are tied behind their back. And I can see it happening to quite a few teams. I can see quite a few teams having financial issues because of you know, the financial burden that's currently going on with COVID-19. (laughs) 
let's talk about the football that that has actually taken place between when we last spoke and, and today. Um, starting with the, I guess we'll start with the Champions League, maybe. Oh yeah, that's a joyous occasion. <laughs> so we were talking about the Premier League. Um, who Premier League teams? I think it's fair to say have been a force to be reckoned with in the last few years of the Champions League. You know, we had it all. Premier League final last season and those two teams that featured in the final last season were knocked out Tuesday and Wednesday um, Tuesday Tottenham Hotspur completely fell apart um, they were battered um, we said last week Mourinho's done out here and I think this just echoes that I think Mourinho is he's, uh, he's tactically flawed or he's being tactically flawed. I'm not sure if he is, or he just is acting. It's a weird one. Well, did you watch the game, Dan? I mean, I kind of feel sorry for him at the same time because, you know, Tottenham have got a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly to their attacking players. You know, he's having to put Deli Ali up top. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Moore is not a bad shout up top. He does seem to be going with Deli as a false nine. Um, it's it's a tough one. I've still got faith that Mourinho is going to do a good job there. I'm not sure the argument that he's got players injured is valid anymore because I mean Chelsea have look at how many first team players Chelsea have injured and they just get on with it. Like if you're a big club, well, you you get on with it even when you have injuries. No, I completely get what you're saying, but with in Tottenham situation, mm. their biggest two goal threats are out injured for near on the season. Their big summer, their big January signing is now out for the season. Wasn't Kane injured last season on their route to the final of the Champions League and they still got to the final of the Champions League? But it was Son that was the one that, that stepped up and he's injured. Ah, fair. So, I just think it's it's not like it's their third choice goalkeeper and you know their second choice right back that's injured. It's it's their main guys. I think Tottenham is just a really interesting kind of case study because obviously I think it's very few would argue with the idea that Pochettino got the best out of those players. Probably more than you would expect out of those players. Um and Mourinho's come in and they ha- he obviously hasn't maintained that kind of level of what he's got out of the players. Obviously, he's got injuries as well. But I think beyond that, he's actually made the players worse. I don't know the exact stats, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're covering less distance. They're completing less passes. It just, it just seems like they're not really wanting to play for Mourinho. He's supposed to be like the defensive masterclass genius, but defensively Tottenham have been so poor. Alderweireld, the player that he wanted to sign at Man United when Mourinho was at Man United, now he's got him. Now he's Mourinho's player. And Mourinho can't scapegoat him because he likes him quite clearly. Um, But he's not really performing. Well, no, Mourinho's already found his scapegoat, hasn't he? In um, Ndombele. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that this is going to be another Luke Shaw situation, but I, I'm still very much of the opinion 
that Mourinho will win trophies. Man, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I think maybe because I'm still on that whole, you know, he's a serial winner. How well he done me United. You know, we all took we all took the neck when he said that that's his biggest achievement in football is when he's won the treble United. Mm. And you've got a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was given the, the team we had and the position our squad was in. That was pretty impressive. I think just like players, just like anything, you know, people can fall from grace. And I think Mourinho's had a really good run, but I think there was a, a significant turning point in his career, particularly, I think it was when he was at Real Madrid or maybe Chelsea the second time round. I remember Mourinho always being this player that, this sorry, not player, this manager that players loved, that they played for. And when Mourinho spoke in these press conferences, he would talk about us, him and the players. It was him and the players against the world. Sometimes him and the players against the board, against other teams, other managers, etc. It might have been Real Madrid because he had like that sort of sort of public falling out of Ronaldo. And from that point, he seemed that it was him against the players. And almost like it just him against everyone. He became this like extra megalomaniac where if anything ever went bad, it was never his fault. It was always yeah. the player's fault or the board didn't give him money to buy the player or whatever. And I think that was a real turning point in his career because... Before then, I don't think he would have been so quick to blame others. He would take responsibility. And I think that's the start of his decline. And obviously we saw it the second time around at Chelsea in the third season. That started happening again. He started blaming everything and everyone. Second year at, or was it the third year? Second year, I can't remember. At Man United, the same thing happened. He's blaming players. He's blaming the board for not giving me money. He's blaming everyone again. And it's me against the team. And I think that's that's his downfall. And I think it seems like that will continue to be his downfall. And he's just going to end up a pundit. Or a director of football, but not a manager. I mean, it's a, I get what you're saying. It's still a big shout though, because it is still Mourinho. Mm. And I still feel like he, I mean, to my mind anyway, he still has that lure about him, you know, that he's still going to get a big job after Tottenham mm. because he's Jose Mourinho, because he's been one of the best managers, you know, over the course of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his attitude does need to change. I kind of thought it would with Tottenham, but maybe it hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of outing players out, because I don't feel like you could do that anymore. Mm. Not to the not to the degree to the degree that he does. Mm. Um, but I stand by it, and I'm. Do you know what? I'm so confident that next season Tottenham will win a trophy. I'm even prepared to put a bet on it. Wow, that's dangerous, man. I mean, there's other teams around Tottenham that are probably it looks a bit more I think it looks more promising for Chelsea Leicester Manchester United at this rate maybe even Sheffield United Wolves those teams look more likely to win trophies than Tottenham at this current rate and then obviously Liverpool City I just feel like Mourinho is going to get a bit of money to spend in the summer and I think that he'll do alright 
Okay. Fair enough. We'll see. That's we'll see. That is that is me. We'll see. That is me. That is me going and instead of insulting a fan base, that is me trying to get them behind me. Yeah, you're really putting your neck on the line there. I'm I'm doing all right with Tottenham fans at the minute because I'm praising them and I'm insulting Arsenal. So really, they should love me. Um, quickly to mention the other game from that night, from Tuesday night, Valencia played against Atalanta. Um, I'm becoming a bit of a bit of a fan of Atalanta. Like the the whole story, I, I think they they have a really small kind of wage budget. They're a pretty small team. They've been playing at the San Siro because their ground's not available at the moment. Um, and they're through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I think it's an absolutely wonderful story. They, it was that game that, I think it was the first this week that was played behind closed doors, which I find hilarious because every time a goal scored, the goal scorer runs towards the crowd only to realise there's no crowd. So they kind of jump in the air and then immediately turn around to look at their players. Um but yeah, four free Atalanta. Did you watch that game or did you see highlights or anything? No, I saw highlights of it. See, I I have love for um, Italian football mm-hmm. because I I wanted to get back to its glory days. Mm. Um, so anything that sort of anytime they sort of play in Europe, it's sort of a strive to be like, yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't see it come in because Atalanta had been quite bad in the group stage. They, you know, they didn't set any set the world alight, mm-hmm. and then they come out like and battered Valencia. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see. They're going to be the team that everyone wants in the next round. Yeah. Um, but they could surprise people. They could certainly surprise people. Playing with such heart. So Wednesday night was the the big night where the reigning champions of the Champions League played against a team that have appeared in quite a few European finals over the past couple of years in Atletico Madrid. And uh, oh mate, this was a this was a fun game. I'll tell the truth, I was out and I missed the first half, and I came home just in time for the second half. But thought to myself, I'm going to watch PSG versus Dortmund because I'm a big Jadon Sancho fan. Dortmund like Dortmund like my second team. They're my favourite team in Germany. PSG, big team, Neymar, etc. So I thought I'll watch that game instead. Put that game on and it was just weird that there was just no fans, no crowd, and you could just hear everyone speaking French and German to each other. And I can't really speak French or German. So anyway, I put on the Liverpool game now. Um, I think it's 1-0 to Liverpool for a long time. Then it goes to extra time. Liverpool score first. May I add, Liverpool are peppering Atletico all over them. Bare crosses, bare shots, no goals, just all over them. They finally get the goal, the first half of extra time. Uh, Firmino with his first goal at Anfield of the season. It's looking exciting for the you know the reigning champs. It looks like they're going to go through. And then, I don't know how. But it sort of just falls apart. Um, Atletico won 3-2 on the night. That's 4-2 uh, in aggregate. And Liverpool are out of the Champions League. 
What's the perspective from a Liverpool fan on this game? I kind of can't really comment because once Adrian made his howler and Atletico scored to make it 2-1, mm-hmm. I'd turn it off. <laughs> For real? <laughs> wow. Um, the thing is, I, I, I just knew what was going to happen. Mm. Like, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that, you know, we weren't going to we weren't going to score again because they're such a good defensive unit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're so well drilled that, and it, you know, it's bad really. But we, like you said, we peppered them. Mm. We, I think we had something like 34, 34 shots and we only scored two. Mm-hmm. That was why we lost the game. I heard, I heard on a, on a national radio, a presenter say that um, Klopp got outclassed by Simeone, which is the most rubbish I've ever heard in my life. We we were we were easily the better team, mm-hmm. and if if you know we didn't miss you know a whole host of chances, that game would have been finished, and you know, and no need to go to extra time. So. I'm not. I'm not buying the whole outclassed. I mean, um, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say outclassed either. I, very, I think very few would argue Liverpool were most, most definitely the better team, but I think it was a mixture of unlucky, certain chances getting missed. I remember Robertson hit the bar at one point. He blew one over the bar as well. But also just the mere fact that Atletico set themselves up, which meant that the only way to get to the goal was via crossing. They didn't really let you go through them at all in the game with the deadly three strikers you have. I thought that was tactically kind of well-placed. And they didn't. They rarely took the risk like most teams do of passing the ball out. They didn't care. Boot it out. No nonsense football. Let's just defend. Put every man behind the ball and just defend. I think that was the plan and the plan worked. I'd agree with you to a certain point. I think that um, they definitely um, enclosed on our, you know, attacking threat. Mm -hmm. But Salah and Salah still had, you know, a fair few chances. Mm Mm-hmm. Firmino, Firmino still had a fair few chances. You know, Mane had the odd chance. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, just that they were a brick wall. We managed to get through that wall. It was just, you know, the other wall being all black or, you know, the fact that it was just, you know, rushed and, you know, going over the bar or going wide. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a culmination of that. Is just the fact that we just weren't anywhere near as clinical as what we needed to be has cost us. I think on the night I messaged you as well saying that if if Alisson was there, it could have been a different story. Um, is it fair to sort of blame um, Adrian in goal for, for the loss? <sighs> Look, that for their first goal, it was awful. Mm. You know, everything from the kick. And I don't think he should have been beaten from that Lorente shot anyway. Mm. Um, but again, we should have been out of sight before that. Yeah. So, I feel like it's a team game. In terms of um, 
his attempts to save, they weren't bad. They weren't like howlers. You wouldn't put him down as um, mistakes. But I just think it's a case of a better goalkeeper would have saved those. No, I, I can't, I can't argue with you. Mm. They, they, I just, I mean, that first goal wasn't a howler, but it, it was savable. Yeah. It, it seemed like it rolled in, to be honest. It seemed like it took an age to go in. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's the worst thing about it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it happens. It happens. I think it's just, I was so confident on us going through. I think that was the hardest thing to take. Mm-hmm. I think I, I pretty much was too. Um, what's funny though is if COVID-19, aka coronavirus, um, is to put a halt and null and void the Champions League this season, then you won't necessarily have been stopped from defending your title, I guess. Oh, do you know what? I don't know how it'll work. So maybe in if everything is null and void this season, then there's a disappointment that you don't win the Premier League, but a sort of satisfaction in getting knocked out of the Champions League becoming null and void as well. It doesn't make up for it. I'd <laughs> rather be knocked out of the Champions League in the qualifying stage and win the and win the win the league. Fair, fair. Um, in the other game, PSG against Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund went into the game with a. Slight advantage. I think it was 2-1 from the first game. Um, like I said, I watched a bit of this game and then I watched highlights thereafter. I'll be honest, it was a pretty, it was a weird game. It was pretty boring. I feel like both teams didn't really turn up too much. Um, and again, it was played behind closed doors, so it was very kind of a desolate atmosphere. Um, but PSG came through with the win, 2-0. And they're through to the quarterfinals for the... I think, is it the... They've had a bit of bad luck in the Champions League over the last few years. And... Maybe this is the time for them to, you know, be contenders if coronavirus doesn't cancel the Champions League, that is. Um, and a very unclassy, I personally thought unclassy anyway, sort of mockery of Erling Haaland. Which I think Honestly, was- where is his hate come from? Like, there is such a hate against him from PSG. Well, from what I hear... Um, he kind of fancies himself as a bit of a Zlatan, a bit outspoken, a bit arrogant. And f- the build-up to this was he, Erling Haaland on Snapchat was posting something and a young boy from Paris said something about this is my city, get out of my city or something like that. And Erling Haaland said to this young French boy in Paris, it's my city, not your city. Even though Erling Haaland plays and lives in Dortmund and is from Norway and I think the PSG players particularly Neymar took it upon themselves to I don't know back the young boy on Snapchat time right time it just went off Um, I also I also think there's particularly with Neymar maybe Mbappe but there's this sort of personal competitive streak in them and they're maybe a bit threatened by the new young boy coming into the scene and like, you know, taking the world of football by storm. We know we know Neymar literally joined PSG because he wanted to be 
the world football don, only to find himself second to Mbappe. And now there's this other kid in yeah. Germany who's like the new young world football don, and I feel like Neymar's just not not feeling that. I was um, I'm sort of reading a um, fans done a top hundred all time uh, like players list. I think I saw this actually. Yeah. Um, and Neymar was in the twenties, I believe. And the comment was, "Is has he done enough?" I don't has think he, he has. has Neymar done enough to be in the top 20 or, you know, even the top 30 players in his career to, you know, for that to be a justification? No way. Never won a World Cup, never even done well in a World Cup. For one, I think his attitude is wrong. His attitude is completely wrong. It's, he, it's a real interesting topic of discussion. I mean, to be honest, the list was utter crap anyway. Andrea Perlo at number one, was that it? Yes. Yes, that was it. Hmm. Um, Messi and Ronaldo fifth and sixth, respectively. Not sure about that. Where was Zidane again? Zidane surely... Eighth, eighth I think. I think he was eighth. <sighs> I mean, obviously there's players that played kind of before my my lifetime and attention to football. So maybe it's a bit biased of me, but I think the World Cup is so significant. And if a player can single-handedly carry a team to a World Cup, they've got to be in contention as being one of the greatest players of all time. And Zidane very much did that in 1998, I feel. Brazilian Ronaldo did that in 2002. Um, With that being said... Does Pogba deserve to be higher than Neymar? It's a catch-22, isn't it? Because Neymar's done better as a club footballer, but Pogba's done better as an international footballer. But has Neymar only done well as a club footballer because he's been in good teams? But Pogba's been in good teams, hasn't he? You know, that Juve team was a good side. That Juve team had the greatest player of all time in, to be fair, in Andrea Perlo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, um, it's... I think it's neck and neck, really. I think the problem is with Pogba now is he's completely fallen off um, in club football, which is almost your bread and butter because it's most weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason, that hurts him in terms of this type of survey. You know what, Dan? Seeing as football's cancelled for the next couple of weeks and we've got a bit of time to kind of entertain ourselves and find creative ways to, I don't know, discuss football even when there's no football on, maybe we should conjure up our top tens of all time or at least in our lifetime. Top top 20 maybe to make it exciting. Yeah, let's do a top 20. Okay, cool. I'm on this. Are we? Uh, uh, is it? Can can it just be? Um, do you want evidence based? Do you want it to be like the he is twenty? He is number twenty because of this. Well, I guess or, we can make it, and then we could argue it on the next pod. Oh, I like it. I like it because no doubt we're going to have ones that either of us disagree with. 
Yeah. Oh, this is tasty. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm real, I'm really, really excited. Um, and other than the kind of Champions League this week, I mean, we can sort of gloss over it. I know it's my team, but even I don't care about the Europa League. Man United battered Lask on Thursday night. Igalo is looking very good. That in goal fact, was naughty. It was naughty. I mean, it's, it's very, very early to say, but Igalo is playing like the player we wanted Lukaku to be. That's very early. It's very because even when Lukaku first came to United, he was scoring goals, looking good. But it's just yeah, the slight difference is the touch with Igalo, and the touch let Lukaku down sometimes. If we could have Lukaku yeah, no, I... with Igalo's touch, that would be the perfect, the perfect player. No, no, I agree. I agree. Mm. Um, right. Sorry, I'm just thinking about this this top twenty. It's yeah, in my course. head now. Of course. I think we should do top twenty from the last twenty years. Okay, so like literally in our lifetime. So top twenty of because, the twenty first century. Because, because, right? Yeah. Top twenty from the last twenty years because it's twenty twenty. I like we did there's a lot of twenties in there. I do what I can. Honestly, like I don't I don't say much, but when I say it it stands up. So, I mean, who in our lifetime does that rule out? Because it's interesting. I actually think post 2000 rules out David Beckham because a lot of the amazing stuff he did was pre 2000. No, no, not, not a chance. Think? No, that, that free kick against Greece. That was 2001, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Beckham done loads after the 2000s. Like, you know, all of his Madrid, mm. you know. It rules out Cantona. Yeah, I, I'd say it probably rules out Batistuta. Yeah, yeah. He was fun, um, man. Which was me inside. Um, Baggio. Rivaldo. Mario. I was going to say Rivaldo, but Rivaldo. Yeah, Romario, definitely. Rivaldo done bits in the in the 2000s yeah no. oh my god do you know one of my favourite players of all time who I might even put in and you're almost definitely going to disagree with this I think Hassan Sass was incredible I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to disagree with that, that maybe not terrible top shot. 20 but he's he was good like <laughs> I am just I am I have already got six. Come on, Turkey were like semi-finalists of the World Cup. Yeah, but two. no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Hassan Sass is not going in my top 20. Okay. How he gets in your top 20 is amazing. Maybe little Hakan Shuka, you know, the uh, taxi driver in New York. Yeah, Hakan Shuka, just for his driving skills. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm really excited about this. So I'm going to do some research and come yeah. back to you with some hardcore fact. Actually, it's going to be like when we're back at school and I say all this and then the night before I have to do revision because I completely forgot to do it. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like what I'll be doing. In fact, after I come off this call, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start the research. 
But um, yeah. Oh, do you know what? Let's end it now. Let's just yeah. end it now. Let's get this prep going. Nice one. Right. Have a lovely rest of the weekend. Although there isn't much time left. There's only you know matter of hours. Two and a half hours left. Stay safe, everyone. Um, Stay safe. Yeah. Wash and your remember, hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. And and stop buying toilet roll because like there's no reason to keep bolt buying toilet roll and it annoys me. I mean, if the if the world is going to end and everyone's going to get this virus and turn to zombies, then toilet roll is kind of probably the last thing you're going to be thinking of. Well, it's just obsolete. That and dried pasta. Like I'm trying to work out what the you know what coronavirus and dried pasta has in common. Like you know for for why you have to go and go out and empty the shelves of it. Um, were you looking for dry pasta and you couldn't get any? Yeah. yeah why why, you, why specifically pasta. dry pasta? Isn't all pasta dry until you put it in the... Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. I'll just, just you know, pasta then. Okay. You know, just, <laughs> it's just all gone. Yeah. It is just all gone. It's passed like away. tinned goods. Tinned goods. It's like everyone's going into a shelter. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about the... um? The Italian chef who who died recently. No, he passed away. Oh my god! Right, <laughs> that is that is where we end it. Good night. Jesus. Have a good one, Dan. Jesus Christ. Have lots of fun, bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>